So we've been in this conversation uh, drawn from the middle part of Jesus' longest public address, the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, we're, we're looking at the middle part of it where Jesus tells us how we can be perfect. And um, uh, over the last couple of weeks, we've seen some of the ways that Jesus wants us to be perfect. And today he's telling us we should be perfect by not worrying. And I don't know about you, but maybe that's kind of a little bit late uh, for me. Um, I kind of would have liked to have heard this earlier in the month. Maybe for some of us, it's exactly what we needed to hear because of that earthquake. I don't know. Did people have trouble getting to sleep last night, you know, after the earthquake? It's like you're thinking about the aftershocks or, you know, kind of, did I hear a creak from the main joist over the head or, you know, you know, thinking about what was that odd pop that I heard? Um, where was that and what did it mean? So maybe some of us, this is a, this is a good word for us today. But for me, I would have liked to have heard it earlier this month. I went to the doctor because I had some spots on my on my hands and and arms. I grew up in New Mexico, which uh, shares with uh, Arizona, with um, the north part of Australia. It has the highest skin cancer rate in the world. Um, and so, I went to the doctor and said, "What is this spot here on my arm?" And they said, "Oh yeah, you've got a bunch of them. They're just no big deal. I'll just freeze them off." And I said, "Okay." So we kind of planned that, and I went in to to get that done. And the doctor had her liquid nitrogen thing there, you know, all ready to go. And she got to one spot and said, you know, why don't you go to a dermatologist about that one? And I thought, well, this can't be good. So I went to the dermatologist and he kind of said the same thing. He said, it's probably nothing, you know, but let's just take a little biopsy just to be sure. So off the biopsy went and I spent the next couple of days worrying. I mean, not, not every single day, but just every time I thought of it. You know, as long as I was thinking about something else, I didn't worry. But if, you know, if, you know, it got wet in the shower or something like that, and it was like stinging a little bit, and I'm going, oh, yeah, I'm waiting for biopsy results. And that's, that, that makes me worry. So I, I could have used hearing Jesus tell me how not to worry earlier this month. Maybe you have things you, you worry about. I mean, I think the, the thing about what Jesus is saying is we all worry. The only real question is what we worry about. Some of us, like like me, are or recently have been worried about our health. I'll tell you, you know, I don't want to leave you hanging. The, I did get the biopsy results, and they said, yes, it is nothing. So, you know, good for me. But but it's it's not much fun having that sort of thing hanging over you. So uh, maybe for you it's something else. Maybe for you it's a health matter. Maybe it's it's waiting for results of your own. Maybe it's worried about something that, that could come back at a future date. Maybe it's uh, worried about slipping on ice and aggravating an old injury. You know, we have things we worry about. And maybe they're health-related. Maybe they're not. Maybe they're job-related. Maybe you're wondering all weekend long if the thing you left at work or at school on Friday is still going to be there on Monday. Because, you know, it very well might. But you've spent Saturday and Sunday worrying about it in the meantime. Maybe that's what your worry is. Maybe your worry is not is not about your job or about about work uh, or, or education. Maybe it's it's finances. You know, you, you read in the newspaper, you know, the price of oil, and you're wondering, how is this going to affect my job? Because, you know, the money's got to come from somewhere. And you're thinking, what happens to the value of my home if people leave Alaska? What happens to real estate prices? What happens to my savings? Everything I've got to invest in this house when you see that thing in the news about the price of oil, there are lots of reasons why we worry. And, you know, of course, the, the big reason is our relationships. 
Are we in the right one? Is, uh, we just heard, is this a relationship? You know, is this going to go anywhere? Uh, what's, what's up with this relationship? We worry about relationships we already have. And sometimes we worry about the relationship itself. You know, between me and her or me and him is this relationship. Sometimes because of that relationship, we're more worried about the other person. We're worried about a problem they're dealing with. And it weighs on us. So we worry about these things. And, and so when Jesus says, don't worry, we kind of want to respond to him by saying, Jesus, have you been paying any attention? Do you know what's going on in my life? Do you know why I worry? And Jesus responds to us by saying, yes, now don't worry. But the good news is Jesus tells us how we cannot worry. And in fact, Jesus tells us two ways here. And it's funny to me because he tells us one that is just practical wisdom, that everybody, you don't have to be a follower of Jesus, you don't have to be religious, you don't have to have any kind of spirituality. All you've got to have is like a pulse and kind of think it through and say, well, that makes sense. And Jesus tells us how we can how we can avoid worry, kind of just on a very human, um, a practical level. And the surprising thing to me is is it can be so effective just to do that. If you completely discount everything Jesus says that's religious in today's message, it's it's practical wisdom that will make a difference in how much you worry. And it, it's so good, honestly, as a preacher, I'm kind of thinking, Jesus, why why give them the good stuff for free? You know, don't don't you want to make them don't you want to make them do some religious stuff to get, to get peace and, and not have to worry? And I think Jesus is saying, no, I don't like people worrying. You know, we'll figure out that relationship. I want them to love me. I want them to love my Father. But mainly, right now, I just don't want them to worry. So Jesus gives you practical advice no matter where you're at in your relationship with him or, or your lack of relationship. So we're going to talk about that, but we're also going to talk about the kingdom of God, the thing he's talking about, where we can get even more peace from worry. So if you've got the scriptures handy, I'd like you to turn to, to verse 25 of chapter 6 in Matthew's biography. Jesus is, is in the middle of this long conversation, the, the Sermon on the Mount, and he says, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body or what you wear. Last week, Jesus told us about not laying up treasures. And we saw last week that really the reason he doesn't want us worried about uh, to, to store up treasures is because you worry about treasures. Once you've got a bunch of money, then you have to figure out what to do with it. It kind of gnaws on you. In his day, it gnawed on, on them differently because they actually had to maintain a treasury of some kind. But we still have to worry about our money. So Jesus was last week, Jesus was talking to people like us, people who've got enough, people who've got uh, kind of some security. We know where our next meal is coming from. We know uh, that we have another article of clothing to wear when the one we're, we're wearing today wears out. So now Jesus kind of turns to everybody else who've got really basic needs. In Jesus's culture, probably three or four percent of the po- population were as wealthy as we were, that we, they actually knew where tomorrow's meals were coming from. And pretty much the other 95, 97 percent were kind of really worried about where is, where is food coming from for tomorrow. So that's how deep poverty cut in Jesus' culture. So he's talking now to the vast number of the crowd. But what he teaches about worrying here still applies, whether your worries are what to do with your treasure or what to do about your clothing. Jesus says, says I tell you, do not worry about your life, um, what you'll eat or what you'll drink, or about your body or what you'll wear. Now he's going to go on, but what he's going to say next has to do with the kingdom of God. And I'll come back to that. But I want to jump down to verse 27. He says, Can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your span of life? Now, there's a little footnote there. You'll see one cubit to your height is what the footnote explains down there. Um, 
in, in Jesus' culture, they didn't talk about a long life. They talked about a tall life. So, so um, the, the translations, different translations try to get that differently. But I think Jesus is kind of making a play on words. He's saying, he's saying look, you can't make your life any taller. You can't make your life, we would say, any longer by wishing it any more than you can become taller by wishing it. You know, if you're going to the theme park and the little sign says children have to be this tall to get on the ride, you can worry about it all you want. You're not going to make yourself any taller. If you really, really, really want to join the NBA and be a high compensated NBA star, but you're five foot six, you can worry about that all you want. You're not going to make yourself any taller. Jesus is saying, look, you know how this works. You can't worry about your height and get taller. And you can't worry about the length of your life, or he would say the height of your life, and get make it any longer either. So Jesus says, worrying doesn't help. And then he jumps, I'm, I'm going to jump down to the end, because we'll come back to the, the middle part. But at the end he says, so do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. This is just practical wisdom. You can't do anything about tomorrow by worrying about it. You may be able to plan, but planning is something you do right now. Planning is a thing you do now. He says, worrying doesn't help at all. So that's the practical wisdom. You know, I can plan for my retirement. I can do things for my retirement. I can save money today so I'm not as worried about what happens to me when I get old. Right? There's things I can do now. But if I just sit here and say, I'm worried about my retirement, I can worry all day long and I won't help anything. So Jesus says, don't worry. He says, tomorrow will have plenty of problems of its own. Deal with today first. So that's kind of the practical wisdom. And if you just put that into practice, you just say, look, I'm going to worry about today only, or better yet, I'm going to act today and not worry about anything. Then you'll, you'll, that's a big improvement over sitting there worrying. Um, you know, I've often noticed people in hospitals worry about things off in the future. And I think the reason is because it's a way of avoiding today. You know, I am so concerned about what the doctor is going to do when he comes back in an hour. I'm worried about that. So instead, I'm going to start worrying about things a week, a month, a year off. And I think it's a coping strategy. And maybe sometimes that's the way we deal with our worries, is we try to move ourselves out of right now, off into the future. And Jesus says, don't do that. Deal with today. Today is going to bring you plenty of problems as it is. Actually, there's there's a little side note there. Uh, if you've ever heard the guy on TV who says, God is going to keep you from having any troubles, <laughs> Jesus didn't get that memo. Jesus says, you're going to have plenty of problems today. You're going to have as many problems as you can deal with today. You sure don't want to borrow any problems from tomorrow. So Jesus is not promising your world, your world will be problem-free. So that's just a practical wisdom. But I want to go back now and look at, look at the rest of verse 25 and then the, the bits in here where Jesus talks about the kingdom of God, because I know that's a troublesome concept here, but I think this is a place where Jesus says that practical wisdom before is only the tip of the iceberg, that God can give you so much peace, you will just make people wonder what's going on in your life. So he says, do not worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, about your body, what you'll wear. And again, Jesus is talking to people who have every reason to worry about those things. It's not, is my clothing in fashion or does it make me look fat? Jesus is talking about people who like, this thing is patched up as much as it will get. And the next, the next rip, I'm going to be naked. Jesus is talking about people who just don't have any clothes. Jesus is talking to people who don't know where their next meal is coming from. He says, don't worry about it. And then he says this, Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? So what he's saying is, picture 
your, your life on a spectrum. Okay, my life is right here. He says, I could be dead. I could be alive. That's kind of the, the, the top end of a spectrum. And he says, isn't that really the greatest problem in the world? And you, yeah, for me it is. I mean, it's not for everybody, but for me, that's the biggest problem I've got. You know, that my body is functioning and that I'm alive. That's my top priority. And then he says, is that not more than, than food or clothing? And I say, yes, they are, but, but they're related, Jesus. And he says, I'm not done yet. I'll come back. So, okay, up here is your body. At one end of the spectrum is your body and, and, and your, your, the fact that you're alive. Okay, I got that. And he says, somewhere over here is the immediate problem, the thing you're dealing with, the, the lack of food or the lack of clothing, lack of shelter, whatever it is. It's somewhere less than that. And you say, okay, all right, I got that, but they're related. He says, hold on, hold on. He says, okay, now, look over at those birds. Are they pretty? And you go, yeah, okay, the birds are pretty. He says, he says, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than, that, than they? <clears throat> He's saying, imagine this spectrum. This is your spectrum. This is not some absolute spectrum that a biologist would say, you know, who's the most important organism. He's saying, in your economy, where are the birds? The birds are way over there. Okay, My life is here. My problems are here, and the birds are over there. The flowers are over there. I mean, it's nice that they're pretty, but they're way down there. Okay, all right. Jesus says, yes, I got that. That's exactly what I wanted you to say. And so then he says... Why, you know, he goes on, why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. Look at those pretty flowers over there. They don't toil or spend, yet Solomon didn't have pretty clothes like they do. Okay, so he says, if God takes care of those things, will he not take care of you? Jesus is saying, if there is this spectrum, and, and you can look at those birds or those flowers and say they are pretty, from my perspective, I mean, their plumage and their pretty petals they may serve some purpose for the bird, but why do I enjoy it? It's just a free gift. God just makes me enjoy looking at flowers. God just makes me enjoy looking at the pretty pe- uh, feathers on that bird. You know, there's no, there's no, it doesn't serve any purpose for me. It's just a gift from God. So God is in charge of that. I don't have to like the bird, but I do. And at this end is my life. And we all agree God's in charge. I mean, if you have any faith in, in a God at all, a personal God, then he's in charge of whether you're alive or not. Okay? Jesus is saying, why are you worried about something in the middle? You know, if, if you understand that God is in charge of the big things, and you understand that God is in charge of the trivial things, why do you think there's this spot in the middle that God is not in charge of? He says, there is a kingdom of God, and you think God is in charge of this part, and this part, that there is a place in your life that God is ruling over the small things and ruling over the huge things, but that there's this odd spot in your life that is not part of God's kingdom, that that is outside of God's authority. And so Jesus says, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? It is Gentiles. It is people who have no relationship with God. It is people whose whole life is outside of God's control. People who have no acknowledgement of God as, as the ruler of their life. He says, it is they who worry about those things. So he says, your heavenly Father knows you need all these things, so strive first for the kingdom of heaven. 
Locate the places in your, in your consciousness, the, the things you're aware of, where you say, I am acting as if this piece of my life is outside of God's kingdom. I agree that this part is, is in God's kingdom, and I agree this part's in God's kingdom, but there's this odd part here that I have forgotten, that God's in charge of that too. He says, seek first God's kingdom. Make sure you've put your whole life under God's authority. And you don't keep grabbing that one piece back and saying, I'm going to worry about this for a while, God, because I don't think you're really in charge of that. So he says, strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So that's what Jesus says about the kingdom of God. He says, don't forget the same God who's in charge of the big things and the small things is in charge of those medium things, the things that we worry about. So what do we do with this? How do we do this? Well, you know, it's interesting to me. There are three actual commands, you know, like imperative voice uh, verbs where he says, he says three things. He says, do not worry. So he's not saying it would be nice if you didn't worry. He's saying, don't worry. When you catch yourself worrying, you are sinning. You know, isn't that, isn't that freeing? You know, it's like I have permission not to worry. In fact, I have a command from God not to worry. I, I, I may not do any better at that than I do with some other sins, but it's like, that's, that's freeing. I don't, I don't have to feel guilty if I'm not sweating something on Sunday. You know, I know it's going to be there on Monday. The problem's still going to be there, but I don't have to feel guilty about it now because I have a command from my God. It says, don't worry about it. So I'm going to take Sunday off. You know, I'm going to have a Sabbath. I'm going to actually take a day off from worrying about that thing. Jesus says, don't worry. But then he says two things that, that strike me. He says, Consider the birds and consider the flowers. One of the things you notice as a pastor, you go to a lot of care facilities. And when I go to a long-term care facility, I don't know when this started, but I see routinely long-term care facilities have got some kind of a bird cage. They've got either you know, some kind of a big bird tank, and there'll be a couple of dozen birds in there. And I, I've wondered, how did that trend get started? I wonder if somebody actually read this passage and said, you know what, we should make sure that people who've got a lot to worry about have an opportunity to consider the birds. So you go into a long-term care facility, and oftentimes you'll see they've got a bird cage. And of course, we all know, we've all been in hospital rooms where people have brought flowers. And what I would just encourage us is to say, you know what, Jesus is giving us that command, whether we're in a care facility or not. Jesus is saying, Take some time, look at the birds, look at the flowers. That's a command from God. Look at the birds. Why? Can you learn anything from them? Just that they're pretty. That there's a God who cares that you enjoy the world he created. And he's going to take care of you the same way he takes care of that stuff that's way out on the very edge of your consciousness. So he says, look at the birds, look at the flowers. So figure out ways you can do that. Figure out ways you can actually take some time off and just look at things that just bring you pleasure. Just, no, there's no purpose. I'm just considering the flowers. I'm just considering the birds. So Jesus says to do that. But beyond that, I wonder what it would be like if we actually became the kind of people Jesus has in mind. If we became the kind of people who did not worry. Who, who you know... When, when life threw lemons or lemonade or whatever life throws at us, when life gave us those kind of problems, we just shook it off. Imagine what we could be like as agents of God's peace in the world. You know, there's a lot of people who think God wants us to be worried. 
And over and over again, we see through the scriptures, whether it was money last week or whether it's the real basic essentials of life today, Jesus tells us God does not want us to worry. Imagine if we could be agents of God spreading peace and calm in a world. You know, part of the way we're going to do that, part of the way we can do that effectively, is to actually help people with their basic needs. When people don't have clothing, when people don't have food, it's hard for them to believe what Jesus says, the Heavenly Father cares about them. So this church is involved in ministries of compassion. We give out clothes um, uh, every year through the Hugs program. We've been involved in, in sharing the excess clothes from our garage sales through some different other ministry partners. And we've got a very strong uh, food ministry that we're involved in. So I think we, we can say to ourselves, we are instruments in helping God realize, uh, helping people realize God doesn't want them to be worried about that. But imagine if you could also be an instrument of God's peace in the other areas, the, the areas where people are concerned. Imagine if you could take the thing that, that used to bug you, the thing that you were terrified of a year or five years ago, and you could say, you know what, I got through it and I learned how not to worry about it. And I want you to have that peace. I want you to know that God wants you to be at peace. That's what Jesus is inviting us to be, to become a community that shares God's peace with the world. Let's pray. Loving God, we give thanks that Jesus reveals you accurately. And what he reveals is that you want us to be at peace. And so, Lord, we pray you'd help us to hear these words and put them into practice, the practical, the practical reality that we can't make our lives longer by worrying. But also the wisdom that there is no part of this world that is not in your control. Help us to look at the ends of this spectrum and say, if you're in charge of the big and the small, you're probably also in charge of the middle. Help us to take those small things, those middle things, and put them outside of our control and back where they belong under yours. We pray it all through Christ our Lord. Amen.